Pain seared throughout my body as I was being dragged through the streets. Amongst the anger-filled shouts and jeers from bystanders, I tried to remember how I'd come to this point in my life. What became of the pure, unstained young girl I once was? I had dreams like everyone else, but choices and temptations had surrounded me and in the end found me guilty. And now my name was only used as a curse from the lips of those who spat upon me, crying out for my death. When we finally arrived at the square, I lay there in agony waiting to be struck by the first stone. To my dismay, a silence befell the angry crowd as someone cried out, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the very act of adultery, and in the law Moses commanded us to stone such a woman to death. But what do you say? At that moment, my mind began to race. Who was this man they called teacher? I had heard that there was a man who could heal the sick, who many considered the Messiah, the real king of the Jews. But surely this was not him. My heart pounded as I waited to hear my guilty verdict, but instead there was a long pause. As tears filled my eyes, I glanced up to see the teacher riding in the sand. I could hear the crowd beginning to stir as their impatience grew. More stones were picked up and then suddenly he spoke. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Surely I was hearing things. I knew the law. I knew what I had done was punishable by death. But to my astonishment, I heard a stone drop and then another and another. All around me, they were falling from the hands of my accusers until everyone had left except him whose words had pierced the hearts of those who had cried out for my death. As I stood to face him, shame clothed me, and I felt so unworthy to look upon him. As I tried to contain the sobs wanting to burst forth, he gently looked at me and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Well, then neither do I. So go now and leave your life of sin. His gentle, grace-filled words flowed through me like a healing river of life, stretching to the very core of my being, breaking through every wall I had ever built, setting my heart free from all the condemnation, rejection, and unworthiness I'd ever felt. Salvation came in that moment, a new beginning, and I would be forever grateful, for I had encountered the Savior, the one they called Messiah. There's no question to the purpose God the Father sent His Son Jesus upon the earth to be born, to be crucified, to die, and to be resurrected. In fact, Jesus made it very clear the day He stepped into the synagogue and they handed Him, they handed him the scroll of Isaiah and He read this passage of Scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Now, in short, the purpose Jesus declared that he was sent upon the earth to first be born, to be crucified, to die, and to be resurrected was so that every human being could encounter 
a transformed life. That's why Jesus came. Amen. He came to bring good news to the poor. He said, I came to bring release to those that are held captive. He said, I came to declare healing to the sick and freedom to the oppressed. Ever felt any one of those? Well, there's good news. You can be set free. Amen. In other words, he came so that every human being could experience a changed life. Has anybody ever experienced a changed life through the power of God? The Bible is filled with story after story of people's lives that were changed. There's plenty of men and women, as you read through the Gospels, you'll see their life was totally, radically changed. And one such encounter of a person that experienced the love of God that was changed is in John chapter 8, the story that you just heard the dialogue about. In John 8 and verse 1, it says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him. He sat down to teach. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, in the law of Moses commands us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said, If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who had heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now, there's a powerful message right here in this encounter that this woman had with Jesus. No one would think that this lady who was, who was caught in the very act of sin and of adultery could experience a transformed life. In fact, according to the scripture, Her life, because she was caught in the very act, her life should have ended that day. She should have been stoned to death. Now, the reason is because because the very law of Moses declared that anyone that was caught in the act of adultery should lose their life by stoning. But you know what? She didn't experience death that day. She experienced life that day. Amen? And the reason is because of the power of of the Easter story, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says in Philippians 3.10, Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Did you know there is power in the resurrection? Hey, listen, Easter morning is not just a morning that we just pull out our Easter colors and come to church and say, bless the Lord, I'm here at church. It's Easter. No, Easter Sunday is about the power of the resurrection. Amen. The reason we make such a big deal about Easter Sunday in the empty tomb is because everything changed that day. Everything changed the day the tomb was open and Jesus came out of it. Everything changed that day. See, the message of the Easter story reminds us, number one, there are none beyond the reach of God's mercy and grace. Did you catch that? There are none. 
Now, this lady who was caught in adultery by law, she should have died. In, in, in John 8, 4, he's, uh, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. But listen, now outside the mercy of gra- and the grace of God, she would have died that day. She would have died. But because of God's mercy and grace, she didn't die, but she lived. Listen, we need to be reminded... That Easter is about the mercy and the grace of God. Now, you might say, oh, that's not a big deal to me. But let's talk about it. What is mercy? Mercy is not getting from God what we deserve. And how about it? We all deserve God's judgment because of our sinful ways. Isn't that right? But God's mercy for all, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Now, not only did God release his mercy that day, but he also released his grace that day. Now, grace is getting from God what we don't deserve. Now, how many of you would agree? None of us deserve to be forgiven of our sinful ways. Amen. None of us. None of us deserve that. But because of God's gift of grace, praise the Lord, every one of us can encounter Jesus and experience the love of God and have every sin that we've ever ever committed forgiven. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved and it's through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. You know, about three years ago, I was invited to start a Bible study at Lafayette Parish Correctional Center. And the chaplain told me that in this class that we would be teaching, they would be, uh, they would be serial rapists, they would be murderers, they would be violent criminals, they would be robbers, they would be all sorts of, of, of criminal, uh, people that would be in that Bible study. And quite frankly, I was a little intimidated by that. And I didn't know what to do, what to begin. And, and listen, you know, I know that I would, you know, I, you know, singing Kumbaya wasn't going to touch their lives. And so I went there and I did the only thing I knew to do was to stand before them and tell them, listen, I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what you've done. That's up, but that's between you and God. But I'm here to tell you that the grace of God extends beyond anything that any of you have ever done. And as I begin to just teach about the love of God and the forgiveness of God, all of a sudden, I begin to see these grown, burly, hardened criminals begin to weep and begin to cry. As as we prayed together and we asked the Lord to forgive us our sins, all of a sudden, the presence of God filled that place. And I was amazed at what just happened. Now, I left there wondering, God, I can't believe this. I can't believe how you came into that place and moved in the way that you did. And you know, the Lord just reminded me, you know why that is? That's because you don't even believe the power of my love and my ability to snatch people out of the deepest pits that they are. Now, listen, as a pastor, I need to be convinced that there is power in the love of God. Amen. Come on. How many of you agree? God's love knows no bounds. Amen. And so, you know what? The reality is there is none beyond the grace and the mercy of God. Now, listen, I don't know where you are spiritually today, but I do want you to know, I do want you to know that God's mercy and grace is here for you. It's been made available because Jesus was resurrected. The second message of Easter also reminds us that there is none qualified to walk around accusing, condemning, and being critical of others. 
You know, in the story of John 8, in verse 7, it says, When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who had begun to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman. Now, what is that saying there? Nobody knows what Jesus wrote on the ground. There's a lot of speculation. Jesus just, hey, they said, hey, you got a stone, and he just stooped down. And I don't know if he used his finger, grabbed a stick, and he began writing on the ground. Nobody knows what he wrote. But I'm wondering if he started writing their names. I'm wondering if he started writing their names and put a little asterisk and say, and just start writing their sin. And one by one, as they looked on the ground and saw their name and saw that sin, they said, oh, I better drop my stones. And they dropped the stones and they walked away. The older ones first, the wiser ones first, until everyone that was there walked away. Hey, there's a powerful message right there. There's a powerful message. I believe there was none present that could cast the first stone because there was none present who were without sin. No one was qualified to be this woman's judge. Hey, can I mention something? None of us in this room are qualified to be the judge. None of us in this room are qualified to be the one that condemns others. Amen. None of us are qualified. Now, listen, nobody knows what Jesus wrote, but I believe he just revealed to them that they weren't without sin. See, the power of the resurrection, what what should have happened was they should have extended mercy and grace towards this woman, not judgment. Right. But you know what? The power of the resurrection reminds us that with God's help, we can love the unlovable. Listen, you know what? It's easy to love those that reach out to you, that love you back and that are kind to you. But listen, every once in a while, you're going to be, you're going to be in the same circumference and in the same room and sometimes in the same place with somebody that is not very lovable. But the power of the resurrection says God's love can be shed abroad in your heart and you can love the most unlovable person that is out there. With God's help, we can forgive the offenses of others just as Jesus did. With God's help, we can be delivered from anger. We can be delivered from prejudice. We can be delivered from hatred. We can be delivered from violence. Our hearts can be changed. Through the power of God's grace, a hard heart can be made soft. A a harsh person can be made tender. See, the resurrection says, listen, your heart can be changed. Amen. Easter reminds us that every heart, heart of judgment and of criticalness can be changed into a person that is filled with the compassion and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be changed today. The third message of Easter is this. All can be delivered from sin and the consequences of sin. In verse one, Jesus straightened up and asked her woman, or verse 11, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And then listen, neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. See, whether we realize it or not, there is a tremendous consequence 
to living a sinful life, living under the weight and the judgment of sin. Listen, in our society, we're trying to redefine what is sin and what's not sin. But my friends, we can't redefine sin. God has already done that and we need to accept it and live with it because we're not going to do anything about it. But when you do sin, you can be sure that there's consequences to sin. James chapter 1 and verse 14, temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. Though these desires give birth to a sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Listen, sin causes us to live under condemnation. Condemnation means to be judged, to be sentenced, to be damned by someone. And sin causes us to live, spiritually speaking, and without realizing that many of us are living under the heavy weight of God's judgment, guilt, and condemnation, and we don't even recognize it. Psalmist said in Psalm 32 and 3, When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night your hand of discipline was heavy on me. Strength evaporated like water in summer heat. How many of you know that sin makes your life heavy and exhausting, and it drains your physical strength? It'll make you tired. You all remember years ago, some of you heard this story, but whenever I think about this, I think of this story. Years ago, there was a young man in church that had a brother that was dying of terminal cancer. And he said, I want you to, I, somebody needs to minister to my brother. Would you please minister to him? He brought him to church one, one, one day and we were, we were in the old sanctuary and, and, and the service had started and he came tapped me on my shoulder and he said, my brother is here. Would you speak to him? We went into a side room and I began to share the gospel with him. He knew that his life was coming to an end and, and he, he was very receptive. And so we prayed with him. We, we mentioned the love of God, told him about the forgiveness of sins. And when he prayed and asked Jesus to forgive him, the presence of God just came upon him so strong that he just fell down and we grabbed him as he was falling. And we picked him back up and said, are you all right? We thought maybe it might have been the weakness of the cancer, but he said something came over me. He said the, he said it was like hot oil came over my body from the top of my head all the way through every muscle in my being. He said, I've never felt that before. What was that? And we said, well, that was the love of God. But he said, listen, I think I dropped something. Did y'all see anything on the ground? We said, no, there's nothing here. And he said, there's God. I had to drop something because I feel like a ton of weight has been taken off of my shoulders. What is that? And we said, that's the burden of sin, my friend, that has been taken off of your life. And I'll tell you, that man witnessed to every person that breathed. He witnessed to trees, to dogs, to cats. He wanted to tell everybody about the power of God's love. The resurrection is not just a pretty Easter story. The resurrection is about sin and the consequences of sin that can be broken off our life. Amen? Amen. John 8, 1 and 10, Jesus said, uh, or Jesus asked her, where are they that condemn you? And he said, neither do I condemn you. Jesus will release you from condemnation. You might be here today and never been released. Never been released. But Jesus said, they, they that are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Amen? You know, 
Not only does Jesus forgive us of our sins, but he, he breaks the power of sin off our life. You know, I don't know if you need to hear that this morning, but I'm telling you, there was a time in my life where I needed to hear that in double doses. That sin's power can be broken off your life. Amen. And that's what the scripture says in Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not be your master. Because you are not under law, but under grace. Amen. Come on. I feel the anointing of God in this place to liberate people that are being held by sin's power. Amen. Sin shall not be master over you. You can be set free. You know, I've been a Christian for 30 years now. And uh, and prior to being a Christian, I wasn't a, a righteous person. I lived as a as a, you know, a first class heathen, a pothead, you know, you name it. I was not, I was a, a I was a, a, a general in the devil's army. Amen. And whenever I went to school, everybody in my school knew that I wasn't a Christian. It was easy to find out. But, you know, God saved me at 22 years of age. He saved me. And you know what he did? He delivered me. Now, every once in a while, I'll run in to my old school partners. You know, somebody I went to school with that knew the person that I was when I was in high school. And they say, Todd, what are you doing for a living today? I say, well, for the last 25 years, I've been a pastor preaching the gospel. And they will look at me and say, no, you're a liar. There's no way that you could be a pastor and preaching the gospel. And you know why they feel that way? You know why they say that? Because they don't know the power of the resurrection to break the power of sin off of somebody's life. Amen. Come on. Can I get a witness in here this morning? Amen. I have good news this morning through the power of the resurrection. Your sins can be forgiven and the power of sin can be broken off your life. Amen. The message of Easter reminds us, number four, that all can experience the opportunity to live a transformed life. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Now listen, Jesus doesn't condemn But Jesus doesn't compromise. He didn't say, oh, it's okay. You go and do all the adultery you want in your life. He didn't say that. No, what he said was, woman, neither do I condemn you. Go now and sin no more. Amen. He didn't condemn her, but he didn't compromise either. Amen. Now listen, let me ask you something. The Bible doesn't say whether her life was changed or not. What do you believe? Do you believe that this story is recorded in the Gospels because her life stayed the same? Or do you believe that when Jesus said, go and sin no more, he was declaring over her, she's been delivered and her life is transformed and she will never be the same for all of eternity. How many of you believe that? Amen. I believe that, no doubt. Now listen, you can, you can imagine now how this lady must have felt. You can imagine how she felt. She came to this meeting expecting to come to the end of her life, to meet her doom. She had been drawn away by sin. She had been living an adulterous life. Her sin had found her out. And now she's got to pay the consequence. And here she is at the mercy of the one who could just call the stoners to begin killing her. And instead of receiving the condemnation 
and the judgment that she deserved, she received unconditional love. She received the mercy of God. Imagine what she was thinking as she experienced the unconditional love of God. That's the thing. See, my friends, that's the power of the Easter story. That's the power of the resurrection. Is that people's lives can be transformed whenever they have an encounter with the love of Christ. I believe the reason why she was an adulterer was because she was looking in all the wrong places for something she could find nowhere on the planet. And it was the love of God. It was the love of Jesus. And there's people on this planet that are living in adultery, that are gone here and there. They're looking for something that will never satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy. Only Jesus can fill the longing of an empty heart to the point where they don't need to go outside of their own marriage to get their needs, man. The Bible says if there's therefore anyone in Christ, he is a new creature. All things pass away and behold, all things become new. I'm telling you, Jesus came out of the grave and when he came out of the grave, he came out of the grave, reaching back, looking for somebody that needed to come out of the death hole that they were in the death grip of Satan that they were in. Jesus came out of the grave. He is risen and he's ready to bring us out. Amen. Hey, listen, Jesus Easter reminds us that no matter where you are or where you've been, you can experience a transformed life. Hey, you know what? Jesus came to right our wrongs. Jesus came to heal our hurts. Jesus came to break our chains. Jesus came to set us free from the old life and give us a brand new life. Do y'all believe that this morning? If you do, let me hear you say, Amen. Amen.